All right, we're recording. All right, what's up, y'all? It's your man Ernest. So you love Ernest, same guy, different name. Back again with another episode of the Ernest Thoughts Podcast. Today we have a guest, a wonderful guest, Michaela Cox. She is a six-time published author, a mother of two. She has a bunch of books that we're going to get into in this conversation. So let me shut up and let her do the talking. Michaela, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'll be glad when the snow's gone. But yes, I can talk. Trust me, you'll get tired of me. <laughs> talk, say as much as you want. So uh, how's your year going so far before we get into anything else? Uh, so far, so good. I'm liking it better than 2020. But you know, hey, mm-hmm. we'll see where it goes. <laughs> I, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. I think so, everybody does. So, um, your book. Um, which one? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, you have a lot. <laughs> which one we're going to go with this thing here? <laughs> all right. So, um, I, I believe I wrote down pretty much questions about all of your books. So, um, I'm an open book. I write books as an open book. There you go. All right. So, did I miss up on? Hold on. I think I grabbed the wrong. No, this is my fault. So it's all good. I can. I'll figure it out. We'll, we'll make it work. First, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Easy so, here. all right, got the uh, right notes now. When did you get into writing? Basically, my whole life. I don't remember not writing. I was mm. writing poetry in fourth grade. I was a weird kid. I was. I. I don't know how in the world or why this happened, but somehow in second grade. A thought popped in my head like, hey, you don't like something, go write an editorial about it. So <laughs> I, in second grade, submitted an editorial, to, an editorial to my local newspaper about how I was unhappy that burning the flag was legal in America. What second grader does that crap? So I don't know. But anyway, I did. And actually, I put it at the beginning of my new book coming out in March. But um, if I'm not writing, I'm thinking about it. Um, and I'm usually juggling more than one projects. I started writing the poetry that got published in eighth and ninth grade and then picking at it forever. It's just what I do. It's who I am. It comes out whether I want it to or not. <laughs> yeah, de- definitely. I can say the first time I start, I'm a writer myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize I, I loved it until probably like fifth grade. Um, yeah. But it, then I stopped for a while and then didn't pick it back up until I want to say probably like sophomore year of, of college. So that's when I continue on it. But yeah, same thing. It's just like I had a bunch of things. When I'm in school, I don't get to write like I want to. So I have to pick at it. That's why it took me so long to do the first book. And then in grad school, when I was in New Hampshire, I had to, I didn't, well, I was writing in grad school, but I was writing for the professors. They got all my words. They I didn't get my words. Okay. (laughs) I was writing my butt off in grad school, but it wasn't my stuff. So I like sat on a bunch of stuff and just kept it in notes. And then when I got out of grad school, I organized everything. And then I just had more than what I could do with. But yeah, so I, I just, I can't not not write. So I feel you on that. So let's get into you. Uh, one of your books, Heartfelt Meditations is a that collection. Was, yes, yep, it's a collection so of poems fun. that explore your journey of spirituality. So my question is, could you share with us how you got into spirituality? Well, I've been around, well, okay, for anyone of your listeners who knows how things go in the South, you're just around it. 
You just yeah. go. You're, you're your mama pregnant. You're in the pew. You're going. <laughs> Before you come out in this world, okay? You're up in church on Sundays, Wednesday nights, doing all the things, and then. I had double doses of it because for most of my um, education before uh, college was uh, private Christian. So I was around it my whole life and uh, I became by choice a Christian at five. So I've been a part of it more than I have it. And uh, when I was actually, kind of, like I said, I went to private Christian school. So I was remember being in eighth grade and we were talking about poetry and the teacher that I had was a very sweet lady I was still in contact with. Um, she kind of opened my eyes of how I could use what I know and what I believe and put it into words and mm. write what I want and make it mine. And so it gave me an idea that I would take people's favorite verses that kind of inspired me and kind of read them and really understand them and then kind of break it down for people and make it into poetry. Now, when I say poetry, I'm not talking Brit lit like Shakespeare with meter and rhyme and I am at Bentameter. No, I can't do that crap. I do free verse. I do what I want. I'm not that good. It's still so bold, I, right? so I, I picked at it for years. I start, like I said, because I was in school and I don't get to write very often when I'm in school of my stuff. So yeah. starting eighth or ninth grade, I started writing my first poems and then I finally concluded it. In 04, I wrote the last one for it. And then um, I went a different way with this one. I did it through, a, I guess it was, well, at the time it might be considered hybrid or just a self-publishing company that helps you self-publish. So I did it that way. Now I, I do it strictly. All my writings are done through Amazon, KDP, Kindle Direct yeah. Publishing. So. Same here. Same here. I just published a book through KDP. Oh, awesome. What'd yeah. you do? Um, my recent book is a story. It's a mob story, actually. Um, I do write poetry. I haven't written a poetry book, um, but it's pretty much a, a, a comedy and a drama all in one. Uh, right? yeah so it's like that that's my second book my first book was actually just a a self-help book for like relationship advice from you know somebody who messed up in the past and just detailing all my oh, mess yeah. Ups. yeah yeah <laughs> just detailing all my mess ups it's like here's what you don't do this here's what you should do and you know, yeah. things of that nature so hmm. I, I can uh, I, I can relate to that so let's get into uh, your next book take a sip take a breath and go Yep, that was my motherhood series. That's the first one. And then I did a companion book. I'm going to be doing two and three in the fall, already written, because that's what I did when I got out of grad school. I took a month off. I basically said, I don't want to see a book. I don't want to hear, <laughs> I don't want to hear the word. Get away from me. I that need was to be a, a question of mine. Like, what are you working on? Because I'm like, you have a lot of work. <laughs> oh, I got so much going on right now. I'm fixing yeah. to release my first political book. Mm. I'm writing my second religious book. And then I've got to write. A new, a new series, first book about my life coming up this year. And then I'll have the second book in the uh, for my kids coming out this year and then motherhood two and three. So what happened was as I got out of grad school and took took that month off, I said, leave me alone world. I don't want to hear it. Nah, I ain't doing it. Yeah. So I took a month off, just hung out with my kids and my husband at the time and did a, a brain dump, meaning I didn't, I just, I just decompressed. I'd let it all get out of my head because I was done. And then I took all that stuff I had been um, sitting on and, or, you know, putting a hold on and I organized it. And then my daughter was in first grade at that time. So, and my son was still at home. So I decided, well, Hey, I just got 20 to 50 hours back in my work week that was sucked up by grad school work for five years. So instead of using nap time and night time for grad school, I'm going to start writing. So I wrote my first and second book on motherhood while I was in New Hampshire 
and then I was working on third, but then that's when plot twists happen. We can get in that in a minute. But yeah. I was a new mom in New Hampshire in 2010 because of uh, my husband. He was in the military and we lived up there. That's where he was stationed at. Yeah, I lived yeah. 26 hours away from all my friends and family, all my moms that have been moms before. So I didn't have anyone to really talk to at the time about it. Like, this just happened today. Ooh, what do I do? What is, you know, like, okay, I'm a mess. You know, I'm having all these thoughts, you know, all that. I didn't have girlfriends to bounce it off of. So I decided, well, I can write it down for myself. But then, hey, wait a minute. I'm a new mom. I'm not the only new mom. Exactly. Hey, maybe somebody else having the same thoughts I'm having. All right, now. So let me put them out there. So then I started writing all the things that I remember experiencing when I was a first new first time new mom with my daughter in 2010. So that's what it was. It's kind of my reflections and observations and experiences. And book yeah, two yeah. and three will be out in the fall, hopefully, if things go well. Good, good luck with that. Uh, so you have another book, uh, Book of Scripture, Spirituality, uh, Culture. That uh, is the same idea as motherhood, except it's on religion. Basically, what inspired this whole thing of the writing style I do in nonfiction about my observation and experiences and just food for thought for conversation started I got back in 2006 when I was still in Louisiana first time yeah I know I came back to the state don't ask me why I do know why but it's not was my plan um I was actually watching sex in the city believe it or not I love that show I probably shouldn't but I do and I was uh, we weren't married yet even my boyfriend and I was sitting like wait a minute for anyone in your audience who knows what I'm talking about or watched it or may not, Carrie Bradshaw, played by Sarah Jessica Parker, is the main character. And she's basically a columnist and a journalist who writes about her thoughts and observations and experiences and what she observes in society about sex, dating, culture, men and women, relations, blah, blah, blah. But wait a minute. If she can do that, I can do it on religion <laughs> and spirituality. And then I became all like, oh, I can do that on motherhood. Okay. So that's basically what I did. I took a bunch of things that I had thought about as I had been journeying through my faith and just hearing things about, I thought might be curious conversation starters. And this is my thoughts on it. What you think people food for thought, let's get this dialogue started. That's what it is. Uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, this next book here. Um, I might have to read this one. This one sounds really interesting. Your book, Living the Beach Life. And it was pretty much a book where you went on a family vacation and yeah. you got inspired to write about it. So could you explain to the people? Yep. I wish I was on the beach right now. I'm like, okay, yeah, me too. <laughs> 13, come on, baby. You yeah. got less than like 112 days. Let's go. I was um, in North Carolina with my kiddos on a family vacation in 2018. Yeah. And I've always been a beach girl. I mm. could... I'm a water person. I'm a fish. I'm a little mermaid. Stick me in that water. I don't want to come out. And so I was in the waves with my daughter because she likes it too. And I just was, I get very reflective and kind of just, I feel like that's where I'm supposed to be at the beach. So it's very yeah. reflective and just kind of like relaxing, serene. And I just was in the waves kind of observing and taking things in and like, okay, in the waves. Ooh, when we're in the waves of life. So it just started percolating all these little kind of life lessons that could relatable to what we might get from being at the beach and so i yeah, put it exactly. together now y'all i promise you that will be the shortest book that ever comes out of this one because i am not known for my conciseness so enjoy that one while you can because they're mostly long <laughs> hey i love it you gotta sit, get it off your chest so uh, i'm the same way as well i they, they know their listeners know i can ramble along yeah at times and 
you know, but it always comes back. It always comes back. And that one would probably be, even though when I was writing and I wasn't intending on doing it, it was the first kind of diving into life lessons that really came from my very interesting journey I've had that starts talking about it, that it would probably be a good prequel to the series I'm doing or a starting point for what I'm going to be doing this year. So, because um, I think I told you in notes or maybe I did, maybe I didn't, I don't remember. I call my journey in life 38 triple D and for any inquiring male minds out there, that ain't no bra size guys. Okay. (laughs) I'm down. That that don't mean what you think it does. Um, It means a journey of going from much tribulation to thriving in all things in life, no matter what throws that, what is thrown at you. And for me, I like to keep, I was meant to have an interesting life apparently, and things are always meant to be kept interesting around here. So I was originally born blind um, when, in 78 when I was born. So I've had visual issues my whole life. Um, in my family and in my life story for people of the faith out there, um, I was healed at seven months old and granted my sight by God. Now, granted, I was given my sight and I can see, but I still have um, visual impairment issues and I've been legally blind for most of my life. Um, so that's the first D, disability, lifelong disability. I was divorced at 26 from a very interesting crap show of a first marriage. So that's the second D. And then, as y'all heard me said, I used to live in New Hampshire with my husband. Well, I had to move back to Louisiana because, unfortunately, uh, when I was 38 in 2017, uh, we lost him. So I had death of a spouse uh, at age 38. So triple D at 38. Yeah. Rest in peace to him, for sure, for sure. Um, and I appreciate you for uh, detailing all of that information as well. I was going to get into that. Uh, yeah. Another book, uh, Before the uh, Clock Strikes Midnight. This is another interesting one that I feel as though I had to check out. Uh, could you expound on what that's about? That one I did for my kids. Um, yeah. I had remember the thought of it first came to me when I was 2011, when I just had my daughter. Yeah. Thinking, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm in grad school yeah I had the brilliant idea let's have an eight month old and go start grad school yeah okay Uh, maybe that wasn't too bright on my part but that's what I did I don't know if that was always a good thing on most days but you know hey whatever um I can't do just one thing and so I was always feeling tethered and torn about I need to be cleaning house I need to be mom I need to be doing grad school I'm afraid I'm missing something yeah and so I didn't get to really do anything with it but then after my husband passed I even got more feeling imperative that I write this book if it, I mean, I mean, I know as parents, we're always telling our kids things like, you need to remember this, this is important. Yeah. But if it really ever came down to it, if they needed one place of the things that I actually absolutely said, these are the fundamentals that I want you to always remember and take with you on your own journey. Look in this book. And I felt like John, my husband, would also would tell them the same thing. And they were so young when he died because he was six and they were six and three at the time. Mm-hmm. Now they're seven and ten. But um, I don't know how much they'll be able to say when they're adults, like, I wish I knew what my dad's words would be. And so I took what I knew I wanted to tell them that John would want them to know as well and said, before the clock strike midnight, before you go out in this world and leave our home and have to travel the adult journey, this is what we want you to know of truth and wisdom. So That's a beautiful message for sure. Uh, Where did you learn any of the messages from? Did was it passed down from your parents or any um and just life and what I believe and what I think is important for parents to teach their children things that I want my, I mean I can't speak for parents any more than they can tell me what I think is important but 
I think basic good lessons of what kids need to yeah. know are going to prepare them for life, you know? I understand. Of, you know, yeah. words of truth and wisdom, too. And then what they do with it's up to them. Exactly. They can't say they didn't know it. You <laughs> can't say you didn't help them out. You wrote an entire book on it. So, hey. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, dude. Figure it out. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on. Any last words or anything else you would like to mention? No, just I've, I've learned a lot. I've had an interesting journey and it's taught me a lot. And, you know, life's a choice. You may not, you may not be given the cards you were dealt, or as I've been saying, I think is a good metaphor. An artist may not choose necessarily their materials all the time. They may be given materials of what they mm -hmm. are use, but I like that. They choose what they put on that canvas or use with those tools and what they make yeah. of it. You make use of the tools that's given to you. Yeah, I like but that. You get to choose how you use them. Exactly, exactly. I really like that. Really appreciate you coming on. Appreciate uh, you having me. Definitely. Uh, I will have the links in the description box below for the listeners out there. Please check her stuff out. Check her out anywhere. Uh, Amazon, straight Amazon. Amazon, just just Amazon. Uh, nice to so, see spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that's where the listeners can find my book as well. So if you want to support us, please do. And um, until next time, until next episode, peace out out there, people. <laughs>